Whenever a child or adolescent is diagnosed with any form of pediatric cancer, it is always nice to see the support that friends and family give to this individual while they are in treatment and afterwards as well. When that support comes from students who attend the same school as the cancer patient, it is very satisfying. On today's podcast, we will see this situation play out as I will speak with Dustin Liang, a senior at Sharon High School located in Sharon, Massachusetts, who was diagnosed with T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia on June 4th of 2023, and Amin Benatar, a sophomore at Sharon High, who started the Dustin Strong organization almost immediately after his close friend's diagnosis. Dustin will speak about the treatment he has been going through, and Amin will talk about the events that he and his team of supporters have already put together and what the future holds for this organization, which is only six months old. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It is always a treat for me to speak with teenagers, in this case, a sophomore in high school who started the Dustin Strong organization, and the young man it was started for, who was a senior uh, uh, in high school, currently undergoing treatment for T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And it is now my pleasure to introduce Amin Bentahar and Dustin Liang to my audience and welcome them to my podcast. Thank you for joining me. And it's great to have both of you here. Uh, Great to be here. Yep. Thank you so much for inviting us. Now, Dustin, uh, I'm going to start with you. You are a 17-year-old senior at Sharon High School. I'm 18 now. Well, so so when was your birthday? November 4th. Okay. So now you're 18. Uh, Hopefully I won't uh, make too many more mistakes on the podcast. Um, Some of your interests... Uh, outside of your brilliance in the classroom uh, are chess, swimming, and running your nature club. When did you start to feel physically uh, off with unwelcome symptoms? And what were some of those symptoms? Well, I was diagnosed on June 4th, and I started feeling the symptoms around two weeks before. I had a giant tumor on my chest, so I had trouble breathing when I was swimming, and that's how I first felt the symptoms. And how long did it take for uh, your parents um, to take you to your pediatrician to get this particular uh, symptom checked out? And how long after that uh, did you get uh, your diagnosis uh, that I mentioned before of T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia? I went to urgent care, I think, on June 3rd, and then they sent me to a hospital, and they weren't able to diagnose me. But then the next day, the symptoms persisted, so my parents just sent me straight to Newton Wellesley, and then they transferred me to Boston Children's when they did an x-ray. Do you, ha- do you remember at the time, of course, it wasn't too long ago, um, was the word cancer on your mind or possibly on your parents' mind when you no, were? I just thought it was a normal cold. That 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 would seem to be uh, certainly a normal reaction to that. 
Now, I mean, you are a sophomore at Sharon High School um, with, of course, Dustin being a senior there. My question is, how long have you known Dustin? And before his diagnosis, uh, uh, which came on uh, in early June, had you ever known a member of your family or perhaps a friend that had had a uh, cancer diagnosis? Yeah, so I met Dustin probably like around the time I joined Bluefish Swim Club, which is a little over a year ago. And we met each other at the pool. And um, yeah, so we just, we both realized we lived in Sharon and that's kind of how we met. And um, in terms of other people I knew who have been diagnosed with cancer, I've had um, a history of colon cancer on my dad's side of the family. So I think uh, my grandpa, my um, some uncles and aunts have had it. So yeah. And um, yeah, that's pretty much, I think that's, that's all of the people I know who've been diagnosed with any form of cancer. Well, hopefully there won't, won't be too many more in the future. Of course, you're, you're only a sophomore in high school, so um, you haven't been around that long, uh, yeah. of course. Now, and I'll continue with you on this question. How long after Dustin's diagnosis did you decide to start the Dustin Strong Organization in honor of your close friend's leukemia fight? And what is the mission of the organization? So I think, um, trying to remember. So we got the diagnosis in June and his father called us and let us know about it. And then I think probably a few days or a week after me and his father started talking about doing something for him and like in honor of him. So we kind of started brainstorming ideas and that's when the idea of making like an organization based around this um was born and i don't think it was like formally made until probably july that's when like we had the website open and started planning events officially and all that um yeah i think that's it for, well, I, i'm trying to remember if there's any more details in there you move very quickly obviously uh so yeah. sometimes these things when when a uh uh, a patient uh, gets sick and you want to do something takes a while how yeah. difficult and it doesn't sound like it was too difficult did you get to get some team members because you look like you got a number of them uh, uh uh who are helping out in the organization yeah so um i think the first team the first organization that was probably related to dustin that knew about his uh, diagnosis was bluefish and from that a lot of the team members um started talking brainstorming ideas of what we should do for him. And um, I let them know of my idea of creating an organization based around this. So I invited um, Jack Marin, who is who's the class president at Sharon High School. And he, he was good friends with Dustin. And also the Tran brothers, Theo Tran and Leo Tran. And uh, they were also good friends with Dustin. Theo is in Dustin's grade. So yeah, those are the first few people I started out with. And then I also invited some close friends who were either like experienced in um, healthcare organizations or, you know, they were leaders at school, like being presidents of clubs or student council and whatnot. Well, I think that was obviously a very good idea. I just want to ask one quick uh, question about um, this twin, uh, the, uh, this swim club. 
Have you, have you both, and I'll ask um, Amin this, been members there for a while? And is this a a club that basically is in eastern Massachusetts or is it um, you know, maybe even wider spread than that? Yeah, it's it's like a New England day. So we have three sites, I believe. We have one in Attleboro, another one in Western Mass in the Springfield area. And we also have one more in Maine. And um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big organization, I would say, compared to a lot of other ones in New England. Um, but of course, you know, there's other big some teams around the country as well. Now, Dustin, I saw a video of you qualifying for the 100 meter breaststroke rather easily and impressively, I may add, uh, for the New England Senior Championships. My question is, when did that qualifying race take place in relationship to, uh, to when you were actually diagnosed uh, with leukemia? Uh, I don't really remember, but it was way before. Okay, I was going to say it was way before because you looked like uh, um, the, that there was one swimmer in the in, in the water, which was you, and everybody else lagged far behind. So you must have um, uh, been training for a while. And uh, has swimming been, been a big part of your life uh, for, for many years? Yeah, I've started since I was three. And, uh, well, now I can't swim anymore because of the port installed in my chest. But I plan to swim again once I get done with treatment and then they remove the port. Well, I'm sure that's going to happen. Now, I mean, it looks as if you got moving quickly, as I had mentioned before. As your committee, you've already organized and participated in Swim Across America, which is a national um, cancer fundraiser. There are, there are Swim Across Americas all over. And also, you had a Red Cross, uh, Red Cross blood drive and a 5K run. Can you talk about those events and how successful they've been in support of Dustin? Yeah, so I'll start off with the Red Cross, the Blood Drive, because I think that was our first event. Um, so actually, we plan to do a bigger event, like a like I thought the five k was our big event, um, but we knew that that was going to take some time, and we wanted to do something a little bit smaller, but something we could you know get out, get our name out, stuff like that. So we um, we organized the blood drive. Um, we reached out to some members from Red Cross who were in Sharon. I think uh, we reached out to a lady. Her name was Janice. She helped us out a lot. Um, so we were, we were able to set up our blood drive at the um, Sharon Police Department. They let us uh, rent a space. Very thankful for that. And um, yeah, so we we put up flyers across the town. And at first, um, signups were were pretty slow, right? We put some on social media as well, um, but we were only getting like you know a few members, a few signups every few days or whatnot. And then I think probably two, three days before the actual blood drive, the signups just exploded, and um, we got way more than we were expecting. We were expecting around thirty. 25 ish but then when it ended up going up to like 40 45 even 50 and the amount of people that actually showed up was was even more than that but we couldn't even count um so yeah that i i feel like the the blood drive was very successful um next was swim across america uh swim across america was more of bluefish's um uh fundraiser 
but we kind of just helped advertise and um it was very successful as well uh there's a lot of swimmers that participated but unfortunately because of the i think there's like a lot of fog on the beach that day so they couldn't swim so they were just kind of doing like a splash thing they were just like running across the the shore um so yeah that was very successful they raised a lot of money i think bluefish raised like sixteen thousand dollars and the entire organization the entire charity raised like quarter million which is very impressive and then um our 5k fundraiser um it was i think it was in october so we had a lot of difficulty trying to set that up because our original plan was to set it up in September, but there was another fundraiser going on for another kid. And we asked if we could do like a, a combination, like a fundraiser for both of them on the same day. And then, but they wanted to keep it private. So we decided to delay it to, I think, October. So we rented the track, the Sharon High School track, and then we got the, um, Sharon class of 2024 planning board to work with us. And um, yeah, so we just put out advertisements across town. Same thing we did for the Red Cross blood drive. And um, I think we got around 50, 60 runners onto that event. And we raised, I think, 2000 over $2,000 for Dana-Farber, which was a great accomplishment. Um, yeah, I think I think that event went very well as well. Now, do you have in mind any possible future events that you're working on now uh, in support of Dustin? Yeah, so we were thinking of doing like another 5K run, but we wanted it to be more, um, I don't know how I should say this, more just like more bigger, I guess. Uh, we wanted to do it at probably Borderland State Park in Sharon, and we wanted to do it in the spring. So. And as far as we know, I don't think there's any other charity runs going around that time. So um, that's probably when our next one would be. And that one is still in the works. You know, we're still in the early stages of it, but uh, we definitely want to get that in. In terms of like smaller events, we might do like a chess tournament in February or January, sometime like that. Um, but yeah, as far as like other events, even later on, like a year or two years from now, we still kind of debating on that. Well, I think you're obviously doing very well with it, and Borland would be a great place, I think, to have a, uh, a 5K. Now, Dustin, I'd like to ask you about your treatment, which is taking place under the direction of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. It sounds like it's been a very grueling experience, and you've had a lot of obstacles. Can you talk about some of your treatment protocol and what you've had to uh, go through. Well, uh, the first half of the year w is pretty bad for the treatment. They use all the strong chemos and everything. And then the last one and a half years of my treatment, the total is two years. Uh, it gets a little better. They start going with uh, lower concentrations of chemo. But uh, there's a lot of side effects like headaches, uh, stomach bloating, nausea, vomiting, stuff like that, and joint pain. Uh, but yeah, you just take medication and then try to get through it. And are you at the, um, when you go in for treatments, are you actually at Children's Hospital? Uh, now it's uh, 
Dana-Farber because I'm an outpatient. Okay. But initially I was hospitalized at Boston Children's. Okay. And how long initially were you in the hospital? I think it was maybe, it should have been 32 days, but they let me out at 28. Well, that's, uh, yeah, the, the, normally the protocol is about 32 days. The fact that you got out at 28 is good. And the fact that you didn't have to stay there uh, longer than 32 days is uh, even better, of course. So uh, certainly, as I'm sure you know, you're in a, one of the great hospitals uh, for pediatric cancer, not just in the country, but in the world. Now, while you were in the hospital, you enrolled in a course uh, under the auspices of MIT called the MITx program. What was your reason for doing so? And can you explain the course that you enrolled in? Uh, so when I was hospitalized, it was pretty likely I was going to have to take a gap year because the course, what do you call it? Schoolwork load would be too heavy to combine with treatment. So I decided to take math during the summer to get my math credits to graduate. And then that's how I enrolled in the class. And uh, the class was Calculus 1A. and I completed the course. Well, not only did you complete the course, I believe you got 100 uh, as a final grade. Well, I guess that's pretty good. If I had taken a calculus uh, course at that age, I would have gotten about a 16. So congratulations on that. Now, I'd like to ask you about blood tests and blood work. When doctors conduct blood tests, they look at multiple cell counts, and three of them are uh, that are amongst the most important when determining how to manage the next procedure uh, would be hemoglobin, platelets, and neurofills. Can you explain what these show and why they're so important? Uh, So the red blood cells, well, the hemoglobin is for, uh, we call it fainting, because usually when the hemoglobin is low, you don't have enough oxygen in your blood. And then you're at risk of falling, just fainting all of a sudden. So they need to test for that. Platelets are for when they start doing procedures on your body. They want to make sure your blood can still clot. And neutrophils are the white blood cells in your body. And it's for fighting off infections and stuff. So when the neutrophils are really low, it's really easy for you to get sick. At the time, were your neurophils uh, quite low or have they been quite low? Uh, yeah, they've been pretty low because the chemo just kills them. Now, your main concern seemed to be this neutrophil count, uh, which had to be a certain level uh, in order for you to get released from the hospital. Can you explain how you learned through this MITx program to predict closely what your blood counts would be? Uh, so in at the MIT course, they taught me about a quadratic approximation, which is if you already have a function and then you have a small delta x, you can predict the value for the function at a, if the delta x is really small, it's accurate. So then uh, while I was hospitalized, the doctors, they drew the graph of my neutrophils and then they got this point called nadir, which is the lowest point. So then I thought that I could apply the quadratic approximation to the neutrophil graph as long as I have the function. So then I used a program in Python on Google Colab 
to model the function with my data. And then I can predict, uh, what do you call it? My neutrophil counts as long as within 5% error for 24 hours or below. Well, that seems like an exceptional thing that you're able to do. Now, your ultimate goal with this research that you've been doing through both MIT and through conversations that you've had with your Dana-Farber doctors is to be able to create as accurate a model as possible, and you just said, you know, within 5%, to be able to predict these blood counts and eventually have your model tested with other patients. Do you have any sort of timetable when you think that this model might be ready for that? Uh, so right now, we're currently trying to incorporate the, what do you call it, chemos as time functions. Because when you have chemo in your body, the more chemo you have, the more cells get killed. So, But the chemo naturally is flushed out of your body when you drink water and stuff. So if I can incorporate that into the function, like the overall function for my blood counts, then I'll be able to, what do you call it, predict more accurately for longer periods of time. Because one day isn't that useful. But if you can predict for a week, then that'd be a lot better. And uh, probably need other patients' data, too, to make the function more accurate. But maybe a few months. In a few months, it'll be ready. And when it's ready, how much of a uh, contribution have your doctors indicated that it might help them uh, in their work? Uh, Well, currently, doctors, they usually just use their work experience to predict where the blood counts will be. But uh, a lot of the time, it's not that accurate. So it's not something because they're going to test your blood anyways. That's how they do it. But it will help. It's not something that's going to like magically everyone has to use it. But with like little kids and stuff, a lot of the time they don't like getting poked with a needle. And uh, it will probably make their lives easier in their parents' lives because if they can avoid a blood draw, they don't need to deal with the kid throwing a tantrum. Well, to me, that's a huge contribution. Um, be able to assure parents that at least something uh, when they have to go through this treatment will be a bit easier. Now, I mean, have you been following what Dustin is doing with this research? And have anyone, uh, any of the other committee members, express an interest in uh, in this project? And is there any way that um, any of them could do anything to help the process along, not scientifically, but just m- make a contribution and, and perhaps make Dustin's job a little easier? Yeah, so um, I think the research that he's doing is, is great and it's very impressive. It's something that I don't think I would ever be able to do, even as a... Um, no, even with that, even being healthy, uh, in terms of other other committee members being interested in um, helping out or contributing to his research, we can definitely um, get more fundraisers or um, just spreading out the word more about his research, contacting different universities or even teachers at Sharon High School who would be willing to help making anything any part of the research easier um yeah i think 
we, I think, um, some members of the committee, um, would definitely be interested in helping out with this. Now, I mean, I'm going to continue with you on this question. First of all, starting an organization as you have for a friend in need as a sophomore in high school, it's truly incredible. And six months ago, uh, you had no idea uh, that Dustin, that your friend was going to have cancer and what you were going to be doing in response to that. I'm interested to hear about the influences in your life, especially, I would guess, uh, certainly your parents that have taught you these values and obviously have taught you that it's important and the right thing to do to give back to others. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I think the big, my biggest role models in this um, entire process were definitely my parents and also um, Dustin's family. You know, they've, they've been um, going through a lot and um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to deal with someone who has cancer in the family. It's a very difficult process for not, not only the cancer patient, but also the entire family and the entire community. Um, and I think just finding some way to help them is important because cancer is a very, not only costly, um, in terms of like financially, but mentally it's very draining. It can get very lonely and I think establishing a community that supports people who have cancer and families who are dealing with a family member who has cancer is especially important. Um, yeah, I think I learned a lot of that from Dawson's father, my father, my parents, you know, all that. Dustin, I'd like to ask you a similar question about the influence in your family. I know that um, I've read a little bit about your father, uh, Thomas, and what he's um, been advocating and has been talking about in your situation. Do you I, do you have either brothers or sisters um, and others who are very uh, involved in your situation? And how and if so, how has they reacted to this and how much help are they giving you? Well, I have a younger sister. Uh, I mean, she just acts normal. She acts like she always has. So, And how old is she? 13. Okay. So, um, and, and what about your, 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 your dad? Has he been a big influence uh, in your life? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's helped out a bunch. And uh, while I was in the hospital, he was always there for me. Well, it's certainly great to hear that, of course. I mean, what has this experience meant to you? Have you have seen your very close friend go through this treatment and, and is currently going through this treatment uh, and being able to react to it uh, in such a positive, meaningful way uh, by creating Dustin Strong? Yeah, so... Um... I think this whole experience of creating this organization has been very, I've learned so much from this. This is really the first time I've done something similar to this um, in terms of like creating an organization, establishing a team, making events, all of that. Um, you know, I was, I was very shocked to hear when Dustin got cancer because 
when I, you know, I, I heard Dustin was sick around this time. And, um, you know, before that he, he's gotten sick before I've gotten sick before I thought, you know, Oh, you know, must be just common illness going around. But when I heard can't the term cancer just flying around just like that, I was especially shocked there. I was very scared, but, um, yeah, I think me and his family were able to turn it into something a lot more positive instead of just, um, you know, letting it be a negative thing in our lives. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it really has really helped us get through it, get, um, so it helped us support him, make the whole entire process easier. And we can actually benefit from this experience instead of just letting it tear us down. And as Dustin had mentioned before, uh, he, he's not even a year through his uh, complete uh, two-year process. So my guess is uh, you're only a sophomore. So uh, junior and senior years, uh, you, you're going to be plenty busy, I would think, maybe even busier. Uh, with um, the Dustin Strong organization? Yeah, um, we definitely want to host more events continuing on probably until I'm close to graduation. Even though at that point, I might pass pass on the organization to someone else or um, find some way to expand it like um, nationally or internationally even. Um, but yeah, I I think... We we're we're definitely we have a lot in store for the coming years, and um, yeah, even though Dustin, hopefully Dustin can still be you know pop in sometime, see some events, all that. Um, but yeah, we we definitely have a lot more that we want to do because I think the the mission of our organization is to not only help Dustin but help all children, all people around the world who are dealing with cancer and to not let them go through the struggles Dustin had to go through and his family had to go through. So even if, even when Dustin gets better in the, in the future, there's still going to be people out there who are suffering from this and they, they need support as well. Absolutely. No question about that. Now, I mean, I'm going to continue with you on this as, as you live through this experience and it's probably, it's, what I'm going to ask you is probably an unfair question because you're a sophomore in high school. But from what you've seen, have you formed any op uh, opinion of what you might like to study uh, in the future in college? For for example, is if medicine um, is medicine something that you might be interested in now as as you uh, uh, have um, watched a friend go through what he's going through? Yeah, definitely. Medicine is, um, I, before this, I didn't, I didn't really consider medicine that much of a career path or area to study in university. Um, I was more of like, you know, engineering, computer science, that type of thing. But, um, I, I think I've grown like more of an attachment to, to medicine and the entire process of the medical field. So I think that would definitely be an area I'd love to be in in at the university level or just in the future going forward um or like I was also thinking of doing some form of engineering combined with medicine I think that could also be another viable career option but um yeah I, I've definitely grown more of an attachment to medicine than I had before 
Well, you're certainly off to a good start. There's no question about that. Dustin, now, again, I, I have to emphasize that um, we didn't know that this podcast was going to take place till about 30 minutes ago because, obviously, Dustin, you haven't been feeling great, but you're feeling well enough to speak today, thankfully. Overall, how are you feeling? What are your doctors telling you about how you're doing? And what are the next few months look like for you um, uh, in this uh, process? Uh, so mostly right now, uh, the nausea is pretty bad. That's pretty much. And it's going to keep being bad because my uh, treatment for this thing is going to be 15 more weeks of uh, Calispargase, which is a chemo that affects me pretty badly and gives me all this nausea. But after that, uh, the 15 weeks, which is five cycles, each cycle is three weeks, uh, it, the treatment's going to get lighter. So hopefully I'll feel better by then. Well, certainly, uh, that, of course, is, is the hope. Now, before your diagnosis, were you already um, committed in your mind, at least, to pursue uh, your now stated objective to study pre-med? And you also, um, after studying pre-med, uh, you've also said that you want to be a cancer researcher. Was this something you had thought of before? Um, or perhaps were you thinking of other uh, areas of study uh, before June of uh, this year? Uh, so originally, I, I guess I was interested in uh, maybe learning medicine because I enjoyed chemistry and biology, and I was also good at those classes. But uh, doctors don't earn a lot in the beginning. so. I was thinking about maybe going into computer science too, because my math was pretty good. But after uh, getting cancer and then all the support I've been getting and everything, I had more or less made up my mind that I want to study medicine. Well, the medical field uh, and the uh, pediatric cancer or cancer field is going to be uh, the beneficiary, uh, the, the the beneficiary of uh, what you're going to do. I mean, where can people get in touch with Dustin Strong if they want to donate, if they want to learn more about it, if they want to get involved and uh, join an organization, which I think is absolutely fabulous? Yeah. So if you want to contact Dustin Strong, um, you can email us at uh, DustinStrong2024 at gmail.com. Again, DustinStrong2024 at gmail.com, all lowercase. Um, in terms of like seeing what events we have planned and seeing like, you know, where to donate and all of that, you can go to the website, dustinstrong.us, all lowercase. And, um, yeah, that's, we have a lot of info there about like our mission, uh, uh, the story of like Dustin's journey, um, you know, past events. Uh, we have donation links to Dana Farber to um red cross and also some across america and um yeah if you would like to join our organization or help out in some way you can of course email us and we can uh further discuss that and yeah um i think that should be all the forms of content well we uh come to the end of this podcast first of all dustin obviously uh what you've accomplished um during your treatment 
it is certainly very rare for any patient to uh, be undergoing what you're undergoing and still find ways to, to do some research, do some studying, and come up with something that may be very helpful and useful uh, down the road uh, for these parents uh, and their children. Of course, I uh, want to wish you the best of luck through the treatment. The, the fact is that uh, you're going to have a very, very successful career. And uh, down the road, you'll look back on this and and say, thankfully, I, um, I'm doing well. Not only that, but I'm contributing uh, to these other kids and families um, to uh, hopefully make uh, their uh, health lives better. And I mean, I want to congratulate you again on starting the Dustin Strong um, organization. I think it's, you know, again, for a sophomore in high school to do do what you just jump right into and created such a uh, successful um organization it's only been five months which is not a long time most of these nonprofits and and organizations take a, a lot longer than that but but you jump right in in both feet with both feet and you're doing a terrific job and I want to wish both of you uh much success and good health as time goes on okay. thank you thank you mark thank you so much for inviting us well thank you for for uh for joining me I think that giving to others is just so important, and it is great to see what Amin has been doing, and it is also great to see that Dustin has many plans for his future, which would include medical school and cancer research. This is Mark Levine, and please tune in next Monday when I will speak with Autumn Gentry and the harrowing journey that her daughter Isla went through during her very unfortunate battle with acute myeloid leukemia.